Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I had so many scriptures on the new wine that I'm just going to just start looking on them and saying them, and then the Holy Ghost is going to come on something. Hallelujah. So y'all bear with me because I don't have the full revelation of the new wine, but I know how to stay connected so that he can show me that revelation. Amen. We're going to look first at Matthew 9:15, and this is familiar, but we're just going to talk about because how do you go from the old into the new wine? How did Jesus do it? He went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he went through the pressing. The Bible said he sweat drops of blood. So Jesus shows us the way to the new wine. It's going through trials and tribulations until you come out as new. You come out new wine. You don't come out the same. When I came out in January out of that hospital, I have not been the same because the pressing came. The pressing came, but the pressing is for the new wine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Who wants, to, who wants to lay in a bed of grapes that are rotten, that are old, that are stinking? Who would rather lay in the wine room with Jesus? Who would, who would rather lay down on a bunch of fresh grapes? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I usually don't get to preach these kind of messages. Usually it's die, possess your land. So I was excited. I said, oh, we get to talk about the new wine today. Thank you, Lord. Of course, there'll be some dying in there, too, because that is what we preach. But Matthew 9, 15, Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and, and, and then they'll fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth or old into an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. How many tried to fix something that just came out worse? I just experienced that the other day. I, I said something the wrong way, and I, I told my husband, I said, he said, no, that's not the way it was, something about a credit card. I said, well, I got to call back because that wasn't honest then. I want to make it right. But then when I called back, it sounded worse than it did the first time. And, I, I, and then I saw this scripture. It makes the tear worse. Some things you don't just need to pull up again. You just need to, okay. And, and you know those are happening, those times when something's trying to die in you and something new's trying to spring forth. That's a good sign of it. It seems like you're doing everything wrong there for a minute, but your heart's pure and you're trying to do right. But no matter how, 
kind of like with that that colostrum with Monica with the, with Brother Ernie and them having to refix it and refix. So sometimes it's like that, and when it's like that, you know God's trying to take you to a new level. God's trying, and and so it's a faith walk. In those times, you're not always gonna know what to do, but you just do the what He's telling you to do at that second, at that moment. Amen. So you can't put new wine into old wineskins. And the Bible says that people desire the old more. That's why it's hard to get people to come out of the old. It's real hard to get people to come into something new because it doesn't take any faith to stay where we've already been. It doesn't take any faith to do what I've always done. Even if it's great, even if it's working, but when God gets ready to take us somewhere else, you're not always going to know what to do. You just have to go step by step because somebody say, we walk by faith and not by sight. If you are in sight of what you've done for God, if there's no vision left in you of tomorrow, if you can't see anything that you're trying to get to, then it may be the old. See, old don't mean bad. Old just means I've already conquered that land. Old just means I've already conquered that. I've already done that. I've already walked up to somebody witnessing Walmart because I was scared before, but I did it. And, I, and, and then I did it and did it and did it. And then God says, okay, I want you to do that. Go get the microphone in Walmart. Go out in the parking lot and start hollering, Jesus is Lord. Somebody say, we got to come out of the old way into the new way because Jesus came and he's the new covenant. Jesus made a new covenant for us. And how did he do it? Through the pressing, through the blood, through the blood, through the trial, through the hard times. Jesus Christ came forth and he made a new way. He made a new covenant with you and me. It's not in the old covenant. He said law came by Moses and grace and truth by Jesus. Somebody say, how am I going to get to my new level? I'm going to go ahead and go through the press. I'm going to go ahead and let, let, let it press. So then there's something new out of me. I'm going to go ahead and surrender to the altar. Surrender to the cross. See how Jesus did it. He's our example. He's our example. He, <laughs> he did it, and we got to do it too. There's not any easy way. He said, if you go through another way, through, then Jesus, then you're a robber and a thief. I heard a man say yesterday, he's a preacher. He had a lovely personality. But he said, I'm going to steal that. He said, I'm a spiritual thief. And I thought about them words. Where do we, we become thieves? Or where do we become religious? It's when we, we don't stay connected to the vine. All you got to do to come into the new is stay connected to the vine. John 15, he's the vine, we're the branches. He said if you disconnect from that, you're going to wither and die. So how come you can go in some churches and they seem dead? Or some places, some homes, some jobs that, that they say they're Christians. It's because somebody disconnected from the vine. 
Where do we disconnect from the vine? Well, most of the time it's when he wants to take us into the new. Some people's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I already did this, God, and I did this. But what did David do? He's, he's a great example, too, because he went through the present. But even so, he said, I pour out my soul as an offering. He poured himself out. He didn't just go through present. You're not just going through what you're going through for you. I had to learn that a long time ago. Every trial, every fight in my marriage, every money problem, every health problem, God was finna get some new wine out of it. He was fixing to produce some new wine because with that wine comes power and ability to walk through circumstances and to live in victory 100% of the time. Somebody say, I want the new wine. Hey, hey, hey. He even told Lazarus, he said, you stinking. I don't want to be stinking. I don't want to be some old grapes. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. So, so you can't put it in the old. When God's trying to bring you into the new, you got to surrender the old. You got to say, God, everything. This last year, when God took me out here for four months, I had to surrender the church to him. It was not easy. I prayed for it back because it's not easy to go into the new. But I lay on my face. I said, God, everything, anything that I might have done to help anybody, I lay it at your feet. And I offer it to you as an offering instead of saying, but everybody's got to know what I've done. (laughs) Instead of saying, oh, but I can't do that because I might be I might be lost in the wine press. What is a wine press? It's something that squeezes till the wine comes out. It squeezes till the wine comes out. So we're going from the wine press. That's my message today. We're going from the wine press to the wine room. Somebody... What's a wine room? The wine room is where bottles or barrels. You want to be a bottle or a barrel? Carry the wine. Wine room is where bottles or barrels carry the wine. But the temperature's got to be just right for that wine. What does that mean for us? The atmosphere. Atmosphere's got to be right for the wine to be poured out. It don't just pull out, pour out on a natural level. That's head knowledge. You want it's good too. It's good to know things, but the pure wine comes out of the pressing. The pure wine comes out of the squeezing, and that's why the enemy he knows our triggers sometimes. I know how to get her. I'm finna tell that man to say something. I know how to get that woman. I know how to get that man. That woman ain't gonna cook for him tonight. And he's not gonna feel love. Squeezing. 
What's going to come out of you when he squeezes you? Is it going to be sour grapes? <laughs> There's a man that had a vineyard, and he thought it was going to be goodly grapes in the Bible, but they were sour. He said, what could I have done? What, what could we have done that we don't produce sour grapes? Grapes. He said, out of the fountain, it shouldn't be bitter water and sweet water. So if bitter water is coming out of us, we need to go through some more pressing. See, some people disconnect from the vine because they don't want any pressing. But what, what I can't get over is they're getting pressed all the time anyway. It doesn't stop not getting pressed because it rains on the just and the unjust. So don't you, press, don't you want your pressing to be worth something? Don't, don't you want what you went through your whole life to be able to produce some fruit? To produce something new for somebody? To produce something fresh? The fresh oil? Even the manna, it ceased. And they went into the promised land eating the grapes, and they were big grapes. They didn't stay with the manna. They didn't stay where they were. If they did, they died. They died in the wilderness unless they were willing to go in to the fresh fruit, the fresh grapes, and eat from that. And yes, there were giants in the land, but it was so worth it to get the grapes. Hey, 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 hey. So I'm here to tell you that it's going to rain. It's going to rain either way. How many of y'all been through some things? Woo. But when I get through Monica, get around Monica after she came back from Africa, she's not the same. What happened to her? What happened? To her? She got pressed. When Dr. Clusey said, oh, I'm not coming, and we was already there, and there's a week full of revivals in six different churches, and I couldn't preach it all of them at one time, she had to preach it one. She got pressed, but she saw she could do it. See, when pressing will make you see that you can do it. You can do it. If you don't never go through the pressing, if you just lay down and disconnect and be religious, because that's where we turn religious. That's where we turn religious when, I'm not, when I refuse to do the next step. When I refuse to go forward, then that's all I can do. It's disconnect because it's, it's not real anyway. Then I'm copying somebody else. Then I'm copying somebody else because I don't have my own wine. I don't have any wine to pour because I'm going to do, I'm gonna, and it's okay for a while to do what Elder Barbara does. That's right. That's discipling. But 20 years later, I'm going to wait on her to produce wine for me. Somewhere I disconnected. Somewhere I shut down. Somewhere it's like, I'm not going that far, God. I've done this and this and this. Well, David, he killed the lion, he killed the bear, and then he killed Goliath. He didn't say, no, Goliath's too big for me. We got to look at it different. He said, oh, I killed that with God and I killed the bear. I can take this giant. Hallelujah. And you can take the giants in your life. Hallelujah. Let's look at Matthew 21, 35. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. 
So what happens when somebody has some new wine? People won't kill it. Not, not y'all. I mean, y'all really don't. Y'all like the new wine. What wants to kill it? Religion. See, the sinners aren't our problem. <laughs> I went to Harvest Church last night to support the pastor and Pastor Yandel. He said, we got watermelon in the Word, and I'm asking people to come together. There were six different churches there, and only 14, 15 of us. And he couldn't believe we walked in. He said his heart was to bring in unity. What did we do? We took some new wine. <clears throat> we took something <clears throat> of unity to other people because the, the, the blessings in the cluster. The Bible said the blessing of the wine is in the cluster. What is a cluster? When we all come together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I see a lot of little churches, Brother Floyd. A lot of little churches around Ashley County and then other places that I go. 20 here, 20 there. And I looked at Elder Dana last night and I said, Do you, can we see what the body of Christ could do if we came together as one in the finances, in the, the, their strength in numbers. But no, the enemy wants to separate and divide because you're either going to be, this is the time, Elder Barber just preached it, you're going to be light or dark. You're going to be, to me, it's the sinners do what sinners do. They do what they do. They sin. We don't, we don't even expect them to do different because they haven't been born again. But it's the remnant and the religious that there's a line being drawn. <clears throat> there's a line being drawn. And you're going to see the difference. You're going to see the difference. You're going to see the ones that disconnected. <coughs> Sorry. The ones that disconnected from the vine and started letting someone else do it for them and just staying right there. You're going to see them and you're going to see the church the church that Jesus Christ is going to pour his wine, his spirit, his oil out. You're going to see that. And it's not going to be long. It's already started happening. You can look around and see. And so what happens is people, the church, some of the church disconnects from going to the next level. It don't mean they're not saved. It means they settled somewhere. Like Brother Floyd said, somebody say... So in, in his church, we want our church back. When the new wine started being poured out, something new. <clears throat> when something new started being poured out, the old's like, we want the old. We're going to stay right here. The blessing's in the cluster. The blessing's in the new. Hallelujah. Let's look at Matthew 21. I've been trying to read this for a minute. 35. And the vine dressers took the servants and beat one. In verse 33, it talks about a landowner that planted a vineyard, built a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And then it says, verse 35, and the wine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. And then he said, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did likewise to them. 
Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, they'll respect him. Maybe the world don't respect you as an heir of God. Maybe your family don't respect you as being one that's supposed to carry the wine. This is what's happening here. They'll respect my son. It'd be like mama went on to heaven, but we'll respect her daughter. Verse 38, but when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So what's happened to you when the church, not the world, is persecuting you? Let's steal. Let's, let's steal what Barbara laid down her life and she was pressed. Let's, let's steal that from her. Let's go ahead and kill her. Let, let's drain her dry. <clears throat> let's kill her and let's get that inheritance see that's what all these churches are doing when they're splitting off and splitting off and splitting off they want to kill the wine and the oil and they want to steal the inheritance but God said he says they, they didn't build their house any church like that didn't build their house on the rock they built it on the sand and it's going to come tumbling down. Hallelujah. It cannot stand. I don't care how anointed they are because you can have an anointing and still not be right. You can have, see, that fools us. We, oh, they're so anointed. Yeah, there's a lot of prophets anointed that take your money just for taking money because they're using the gift. There's a lot of singers that's using the gift. So you can have an anointing, but can you change lives? Are people changed when they leave your presence? Can you change atmospheres? Is there a difference in the atmosphere when you walk in the room? Do you have any wine at prayer? Are you waiting on somebody? Are you opening your mouth and saying, let me drink? It's okay, but one day you need to have your own wine. One day you need to pour it out. You need to pour out the oil and the wine on the one on the side of the road. You need to be the one that don't say, I got to call Sandra because I don't know what to do. Where's your wine? Where's your wine? Where is your wine? Hey. Oh, so-and-so. You go get so-and-so. Well, he's your best friend. Why am I going to get him? What, what they going to do? What's them virgins? They didn't have no oil. We got to be pouring out our wine. We got to be, Jesus said in Revelation, touch not the oil and the wine. He's coming back. Jesus is our wine. Jesus showed us how to do it, but we got to walk that walk. We got to walk that walk. Because he's going, one day he's going to say, they said, Lord, Lord. Have I not cast out devils in your name? Have I not healed the sick? He said, I don't know you. You never, you never spend time with me. You don't connect with the vine. You don't connect with my spirit. How do you know if somebody's connected to the vine? Because they got some new wine. They got something to say. You ever been around somebody and they got something to say because God done showed them because they connected to him in the spirit. And they have something to preach, have something to teach, have some music. Have... So wait a minute. They killed the heir so they could get his inheritance. Woo! 
The Bible says, verse 39, they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Don't expect church folks to like you. I'm going to get real now. That's why the Bible says, beware. Woe to the one that offends one of these little ones. It's better that a millstone's hung around your neck and you're thrown in the deepest sea because he said offenses are going to come. So if you're here today and church offends, offends you because church folks do, but don't leave because of that. I, I did the first time, and I was backslid eight years, and I still have to deal with the consequences of that with my children and hurt them. And, and one day in here, in this marvelous church, marvelous church, I was sitting right over there by myself, and all I'm, I thought they was my friends. They moved to the other side. And I didn't know what I did, and I would be crying, and Mama would say, she didn't say nothing at first. I had to go through the pressing. But one day, we were sitting in my yard after prayer. She brought me home to the river. And my friends was over there partying. They, they was my neighbors. Had a new friend. I said, Mama, I don't know what I did. They asked me one day, after you preach, you was talking about don't talk about other churches and put them down. And they said to me, do I do that? And I say, you really want to know? They say, yeah, I want to know. Do I do that? I say, yeah, you put down the assembly sometimes because they were brought up in that and they didn't understand why they didn't teach them more truth. To me, they got truth too. We just got, we, you know, we all prophesy in part. But that day, she disconnected from me. But she didn't tell me. But all of a sudden, I was an outcast when I was around her. And I didn't know what I'd done. I believe there's people here today that's happened to you. Didn't know what I'd done. And after I went through the pressing of months of that, that one day, Pastor Pinson said, you were going up and she didn't want to go. See, when someone speaks truth to you, the Bible says the darkness, it, it don't want the truth. If I want to walk in darkness, I don't want to be exposed. I don't want truth because I still want to continue in my compromise and in my why I'm not doing something because I'm going to get there one day. See, fresh wine, I, I don't, I'm not getting there one day. I have it today. I have it today. I have it every time that I feed off of him because he said if you, if you drink my blood and you eat from me, then you'll have life. And if you don't, you don't have any. So we can, we can be fooled and thinking we're okay because we sit by Brother Allen. We can be fooled and thinking I've got wine because I'm just connecting to his spout. And I'm still doing that. 30 years, I'm still connecting to his spout. But I've never connected to God for myself. Because if you want to change, that's where you're going to change. We're not going to change in our flesh. Flesh can't. Ch God's not trying to transform our flesh. Let's quit working hard. All we have to do is surrender to the vine. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you can ask anything you want. And it'll be done for you. If you abide in the vine, John chapter 15, 
He said, you the branches, stay connected to me, not to you, not to the preacher, not to the pastor. Stay connected to the vine. Somebody say, I got to stay connected to the vine to have some new wine. Hallelujah. So don't, don't worry about it. The Bible says the disciples, they counted all joy when they fell into temptation and when they were persecuted. Do we fall in joy when we're persecuted, when we're pressed? Or do we gripe and complain? I remember when my mom got the C word. She never would say cancer. One day at the altar, she said, why not me? Everybody's like, how did that happen to you? My brother said, it should have been me. I'm bad. I don't even serve God. Why did it happen to you? And he got angry about that. And one day she said, why not me? We shouldn't act like we shouldn't go through pressing. When the word is full of that, we're going to go through pressing. We're going to be persecuted for the word's sake. He said they hated me. They're going to hate you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at Acts 2 and 4. Somebody say, I got to go to the pressing to come out into the wine room. <laughs> Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 2 and verse 4, they were all filled with the Spirit. What is the new wine? It's the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then we go over here to verse uh, 15. Well, verse 13, they was mocking them because they were, they were full of new wine. Let's look at that. Verse 13, others mocking said they were full of new wine. Has anybody said that about you lately? You know, Isaiah 55, you know, these, <laughs> these, these places, you know, you ever heard, if you've been saved long, you heard about them. I even went to church somewhere in Monroe when I first got saved, and they were sitting around going, ho, 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 <laughs> until they laughed, and I'm like, what is that? Ho, 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 I don't see Santa Claus. I don't, <laughs> I don't see no Santa Claus. What's ho, ho, ho? <laughs> Isaiah 55, 1 says, ho, ho. And then it talks about the wine. So if you don't know how to connect to the Spirit, sometimes just go, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Somebody do it. Come on, Charlotte. <laughs> Woo, ho, ho, ho. Hey. Ho, ho, ho. Hey. Hey. Come on, do it for us. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Woo. You say that a few times. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> you say that a few times, you're going to get drunk. Ho, 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 ho. What are you doing? <laughs> You're willing to be humble. You know, that's because I was sitting there thinking, I'm not saying that. (laughs) 
Hey, what happened when they got full of that new wine? Y'all don't stop, though. <laughs> they got full of that new wine in Acts. They won the world. Hey, everybody heard them. Everybody heard them. It wasn't a quiet, oh, oh, oh. They heard them. <laughs> and what happened to them? Verse 17. He pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men see visions. Your old men dream dreams. And on my manservants and my maidservants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy and show wonders in heaven and signs. You want signs and wonders to follow you. Get full of the new wine. Get full of the new wine. Hey, that kind of my Sunday day day. Yay. Verse 21, it will come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You won't be saved. You want, you want the devil quit telling you you ain't saved? Ephesians 5, 18, you say, how do I do it? What's it, what's it do? How do I do it? Ephesians 5, 18. <laughs> it says, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. So he never takes nothing away from you that he's not going to give you something. Romans 12, he said, Renew your mind. We have to do something. We have to connect to the Spirit of God. And let him come upon us. Verse 19. This is how you do it. Julie's told us how to do it before. You know, just tell God who he is. Just start talking to him. If you don't know how to do that, read Psalms. You, you see how he poured out, but he also told God what he was. And the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. So if you start telling God who he is, you're going to start feeling a little loopy. After a while. <laughs> Verse 19. Speak to one another in psalms. This is how you do it. Hymns and spiritual songs. Don't make Rose do all the singing for you. That's one reason Pastor Pinson trained us that way. Okay, y'all whisper. That's one reason Pastor Pinson taught us that way. She said, you can put on music and lay there, but are you ever connecting? We all like music. You can put it on there, but did your spirit connect to the living God? And she taught us to sing. She came by one day of prayer. I'm not a singer. She popped me on the head and said, Angie, sing. And I started singing. He set me free, yeah. He set me free. I didn't know how to come into his presence, enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. So I was singing what I knew. He set me free, set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. But I came into a new place because I didn't stay in my old. I come forth into something new. I did something I've never done before. But he says right here, how do you connect? How do you get the new wine? He says, don't be drunk with wine in the natural, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. That means you hear people say, I do it at home. Did he just say, speak to one another? You can do it at home because when you do, you're going to have some wine to pour out when you get here. 
but the, the key is to pour it out. He says, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you ever just say, oh, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. I worship you, God. Or do we live our whole life depending on the musicians to do it for us, depending on, let me get another song on YouTube. So I never have to engage. I never have to just let something come out of me. I never have to be humbled. I never have to plow my hard ground up. I never have to plow the fallow ground up. That's why a lot of people don't have any wine. They don't have anything to pour out like David did because he's a good example. He told God all the negative. He told God how he felt. He told God, my enemy's coming after me, God. What do I do? I feel pressed on every side. I feel the bulls coming after me. I feel the owls trying to seek me and kill me. He said, God, after he did it, he, he would connect to God and he'd say, you're wonderful. You're mighty. Then he would start remembering what he did. I killed the lion. I killed the bear. Surely I can come through this. See, you don't have a testimony if you've never been through nothing. You don't have anything to pour out if you've never been pressed. You never have anything for somebody else if you disconnect at a certain level and decide you're not going to go any further. That's when we become religious. And what really is happening is we're being disconnected from the vine, and eventually we die. You may still go to heaven, but you're going to live life in a dead place. You're going to live life where there's no life unless somebody gives it to you because you don't have any to give to yourself or nobody else. Amen. So he said it's the new covenant. The wine is the new covenant. The law is through Moses and the grace is through Jesus Christ. Grace comes upon us to be able to draw from him because we don't know how to do that when we first, I didn't. When I first got the Holy Ghost, I was going down. How do you know you're calling? You, you just start doing it. When I was going down Main Street at the red light, left church, praying in tongues, I probably only did it three times, never been taught spiritual warfare, never knew anything about intercession. And I looked at my neighbor at the red light, and I connected to God right there. I said, God, save them. God, save them. And I started speaking in tongues. Y'all know about Sunday, God, come upon this person and save them. They never saw me. But I believe they're saved today because it was true worship. It was true prayer. It was connection with the Spirit. He's the one that wanted to pray through me. Romans 8, 26, we don't know what to pray, but the Spirit prays the mind of God through us. That's why we have to connect. When we have church, we have to connect, or we're just going through religion motions. To me, that's, I can't do it like that. I have to connect with the Spirit, and then he says, I want you to jump. Okay. He says, run across the platform. Okay. You know, when you're doing that, you're taking land in the Spirit. He says, testify. Oh, well, Micah's not testifying today. My words probably don't mean nothing. My word, you're disconnected right there. 
So if you want to come out of depression, you want to come out of oppression, you want to come out of an old place, and some of you are scared to come out of that old place because the new is unknown. He told them in Joshua, he said, you never went this way before. See, if I went that way, I don't, there's no faith. He said, I walk by faith. Are you walking by faith? Are you doing the next step? And God, I pray conviction right now in this room that you would show each one of us right now the next step. The next step. What are you feeling condemned over all the time? Convicted because you know you ought to be doing it. God's not condemning you, but you know in yourself. The Bible says we condemn ourselves. But I pray conviction, not condemnation, that we can no longer say that we're all this, we're all that, we, be, we do this, we do that, unless we're really doing it. It's a difference in saying it and doing it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all getting tired? Ooh. The Bible says in Isaiah 24:11, there was a cry in the street for wine. Is there a cry in you for wine? Are you satisfied with the, the, the way you are? There's so much more for us. There's so much more in the kingdom. We were talking the other day, and Elder Dana said, most places, they just um, they tell you what you're going to have. Let's no longer say we're going to have miracles here. We have them. Why do we have them? Because we connect to the Spirit. That's like saying he, he, he's not, he don't have them, but he has them, and he comes in every service. Amen. We already have miracles. Yes, some more is coming. Yes, some more is coming, but we already have miracles. That's how you stay connected. God, what are you doing with me today? All these people say they saved because they went to the church when they was two. Well, what have you done with that salvation? What have you done for him? Going to church in it? We are the church. Everywhere you go, you should bring church with you. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I can bring ho, ho, ho. Everywhere you go, you can change your atmosphere. You don't have to stay in that oppressive state. You don't have to stay in that old thing. You don't have to stay in that strife. You bring in Jesus by talking about him, by lifting him up. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. I'll, let's lift him up. Let's just don't sit there and be passive and let things be. Let's press through. Let's, let's press through. So we can get to the wine room. In the wine room where he's going to speak to you like he did John. He says, come up here because I got things I want to show you. Come up here. Come up hither. Come up here. Hey! Come up here. I have something. I have a revelation that I need my church to hear. Come up here, testify, because somebody's here, and they want to die. What you say is going to bring them out of that. Come up here and say, God healed my body so somebody can be healed. He said, I'm going to confirm my word with signs following. 
found that out about God. He's never left me alone up here. He's never left me alone up here. He said, if that's the way you, if you got faith to go that way, I'm going to back you up. If you got faith to do it, I'm going to see you through it. You got faith to do it, I'm going to see you through it. I'm not going to leave you alone or forsake you. When you look up that scripture, you're not alone. I'll never leave you or forsake you. You never be without support. You never be without support. I don't have to have your support. I like him. I used to think I had to have him. Mama used to preach and come out and say, I'm just glad y'all back this Sunday. <laughs> I didn't know if y'all would come back. <laughs> don't have to have it. What do I have to have? I have to know that he is pleased with me. That's why I leave church every Sunday when I, I say, God, did we do everything? Is there something we could have done like that man that played in the vineyard? Is there something I could have done that I didn't get sour grapes, wild grapes? Whew, but big plush grapes. You know, grapes come in variety, green, red, some sweeter than others. So sometimes people don't know what to say when they've done wrong. But what are we supposed to do when they do us wrong? We're supposed to pour them out some wine anyway. Pour them out some oil. Jesus said, if you love those that love you, what have you done? You love those. What did he do before this Lord's Supper? During it, he said, "I'm never going to drink wine again till I meet my bride." He's he's not going to drink again until we're with him. But he poured oil and wine on his betrayer's feet. People ask me, say, "Why do you do that? Why do you put yourself in that?" Um, I don't know about y'all, but I want to see how Jesus really lives. What good is it if I preach all the time and then when it gets hard, I, I'm going to go the other direction, disconnect? No, I'm going to love because he said love never fails. He said love don't even notice when others do it wrong. Love don't keep no record of wrongs. Love is not puffed up. Love is submissive. Love is surrender. Now, you don't have to pour all your wine on them, everything you got right there, but you do got love. Got love. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell about one more scripture, and we're going to go, but thank you, Jesus. Let's look at John 2, 2. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the wine flowing. You know, I was in Conway one Friday night, and the apostle had had surgery, and she came in, and she said, you know, because we feel like we got to do something for folks. She come in and said, I, I went back to the doctor, and, and I'm bleeding again. And I said, well, see, this is an example. I, I need a lot of help, so I'm not bragging on myself, but this is an example. I said, she, she never asked Dana to play or 
me to lead the Friday night when she's there. And I said, well, what if Dana plays music? See, that was a step of faith for me because she's never asked her to play music. I said, what if Elder Dana plays music and I get up and take the service? She said, I would love that. And she went and laid on the couch. They got couched in their church. And Elder Dana played, and we worshiped, and we got up, and we prophesied, and Elder Robert helped, and Monica helped. What was that doing? It's pouring in the wine. What if I didn't have been through no pressing? I wouldn't have had nothing. I'd be like, put on a CD. I'd have been like, so-and-so, what you got for me tonight? He said to be instant, in season and out. We don't get to disconnect during the week because we ain't preaching. Oh, I don't get to disconnect because I'm not the prayer leader today. Why don't you be the prayer leader today? Why don't you come in with a prayer, hallelujah, or a praise? But because we poured out our wine, I saw something in the Spirit. And it's for this church, too. It's happening now. It's happening in this season. I saw at the altar, and I'm not one to say I see things when I don't. I saw at the altar there was water. There was water. But all of a sudden that water transitioned into wine. You couldn't mix it. There's a scripture in Isaiah that said they wanted to mix the water and the wine. You can't mix it. It's either water or wine. (laughs) It's either water or wine. But I saw that there was a transition in the spirit, and the wine was flowing in the altars. It was no longer just the water. Water's good, but it was the wine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your wine flowing at these altars, God. Thank you, God. We're full of the word. The water's the word, and we're going to keep getting full of the word. But one day, i got to turn into wine. One day, there's got to be some wine coming out of my mouth. One day, there's got to be something for somebody else besides me. One day. <laughs> yeah, come on, Sunday. So let's read John 2, and we'll worship. We're going to praise, and we're going to get drunk in spirit. We were watching a Toronto revival at, at uh, Charlotte's. And that's why Elder couldn't stand up. And she's doing cock-a-doodle-doo, which means wake up. Because this man of God named John, he, he walked in the church in 1994. And, and God said, what do you want, John? He said, I want to get drunk. He never been drunk in the natural, but the church didn't know it. He said, I forgot to ask him how long. Because he's drunk when he preaches. He he couldn't even read the Bible. He's so drunk when he preaches. But there was a mighty outpouring out of that Toronto revival that birthed churches all through America because somebody obeyed God and let their water be turned into wine. Somebody came out of the wine press into the wine room. Somebody... (laughs) You ain't, co- you ain't going into 
You can't be in them bottles or barrels if you ain't went through some pressing. You can't be the carrier of the wine if you, hey. And I know what's going to happen today when I get through reading John 2. Woo, he say, he say, let's do the reading. But he couldn't see. And he did that like five times. And then he act like he's drinking real wine. He had three bottles in the church folk. Even Micah said, I had to go home and pray after I saw that because I'm thinking, what's this man doing? He's drinking. Because he didn't tell us he never drank wine before. And he had, I don't know, he started, he was naming them too, like they real wine and, and doing this. And all of a sudden he said, I've never drunk wine in my life. He said, you think you want this anointing? He said, this comes with a price. What's the price? It's the pressing. But if you're willing to go through the pressing, then you can have the wine room all the time. Hallelujah. You can go. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We're not going to fight the pressing. Paul said, I'm pressed on every side, but I'm not destroyed. Hey. The woman with the issue of blood, she had to press through to get her miracle. Blind Bartimaeus, he had to go through persecution. They said, shut up. Won't you shut up? What was they trying to do? Get him to disconnect from that vine so there wasn't no wine coming out of him. <laughs> That's what religion will try to do to you. Shut up. Don't go no further. We got to control this. We got to control Somebody's getting free right now. Well, let's put it in a box. Let's make it look pretty. Put a bow on it. So, we'll, so the church will receive it. Do you think us all flying in the air going to rapture is going to be pretty? My handbag's going to be falling in my clothes. My contacts, my glasses. <laughs> Everything going to be falling off of me and I'm going to meet the bridegroom for the marriage supper of the lamb where he's going to drink wine with me. Hey, hey, Karaba Sate. What chair are you going to have there? You going to be in the back trying to hide? You going <laughs> to... You're going to be in the back saying, I don't want to be in front of people, so I ain't going to do this or that. I'm, I'm not going to, uh-uh. Yeah, I, I obey God. I got saved. <laughs> do we know what Lord means? <laughs> do I know what Lord means? It means he tells me what to do. He says what you do. He says what I do. You can't sit at the king's table. And I honor the king. The king, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're not going to sit in his presence. You can't go before him any old way. And you can't, you can't go up to him and he's got to summon you. He's got to draw you. You can't just go say, my kids need this or that and the other. Jesus Christ came, and he allows us to go to the throne of grace and to make our requests known. But we need to come through 
entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Ungratefulness will make you disconnected so fast because it's dishonoring the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Okay, let me, let me get through this. <laughs> Woo! Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> John chapter 2. Y'all know I hadn't got drunk very often because I'm usually pulling down a stronghold. That's my gift, so... If it happens for me, it can happen for anybody. And I didn't know how. I used to come here on Wednesday nights. <laughs> and, I, and I lay on that fourth pew floor, and everybody's laughing. And I wanted to get up and run. And I told Mama, I said, I don't know how to do that. I, I, don't, I don't know how to connect. And the Holy Ghost, and you can say whatever about this, but he said to me, he said, think of something funny. <laughs> so I started thinking something funny, and I started laughing, but in a minute, the Spirit came upon my laugh. That's how you do everything with God. It's by faith. It's not by sight. It's not by what I know. It's not by what I'm hearing. If you want to connect with the Spirit, you got to lose control. You got to lose control. So I'm thinking of something funny, and I start laughing a little bit. He, 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 ha, ha, ha. And all of a sudden, sudden the laughter came on me. It's the same way with dancing for God. He says, move your left foot. No. Do you know how I look sideways? No. I ain't. I'm not nobody in this church. Let Charlotte do it. I'm nobody. Well, you do right there. You're disconnected. You're disconnected right there. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the wine. Stay connected to Jesus Christ. John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. <laughs> now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine. Ooh, so many churches, we run out of wine. Because we don't spend time. <laughs> <laughs> we run out of wine. We don't spend time abiding in the vine. Now, now both Jesus and his disciples went. They ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. When you have no wine, we can show you how to do it. <laughs> they, they had no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does... Your concern had to do with me. My hour has not yet come. Maybe that's you. You think it's not your time. That's how Jesus was, but his mother put a demand on him. So you put a demand on the wine. You put a demand on the Father. You put a demand of everything that he said you could have. When you don't have no wine, you go to him and say, God, I feel dry. I feel barren. I feel like a bone. I'm just so dry. I feel like a bone. 
<laughs> I, I feel, my skin's flaky. I don't have any oil. I don't have any wine. Hey! God told me one time laying right here in the fast, he said, y'all can't be flaky because you're too oily. <laughs> I was worried about being flaky. Ho, ho, ho. I was worried about being flaky. <laughs> I didn't want to be flaky. I was like, God, help us. We don't want to be flaky. He said, you too early. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> hey, just let that wine come on you now as we say in these scriptures. You'll feel so refreshed. You'll feel renewed. All you got to do is connect with the vine because he's the wine. And he's going to come through you and you're going to be the wine for somebody else. He said, my hour hadn't come. Some of you think it's still coming. It's here now. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That's the second thing we do. Whatever he says to you, do it. You want the wine, place a demand and do what he says. Do what he says. Now, there were there's six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification. You're going to get pure when you connect to the vine. You're going to get pure. It contained 20 or 30 gallons apiece. That's a lot. <laughs> Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. Remember, we're starting out with water. We're starting out with the word. We're starting out with the milk of the word. And they filled them to the brim. Don't do nothing halfway. Let's don't be no halfway Christian. Let's do it all the way. Let's fill it to the brim. Let's come in with our wine filled to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. Do you have any wine to give the master back? Because life generates life. Do you have anything that you're pouring out to him? Or you always want him to pour out to you. But life generates life. When the master of the feast has tasted the water that was made wine. Somebody say, the water is made wine. And did not know where it came from. Because you can't control it. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. The servants knew. Be a servant. Hallelujah. Be a servant. They knew where the wine came from. The servants of the living God know where the wine comes from. Because they got to connect to him for their self. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. God comes in the, he said the latter is going to be greater than the formal. Hey. The beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. What you going to get when the wine shows up? It's going to be manifested. The living God's going to show forth in his glory. And his disciples believed in him. You got to believe in it. You got to believe in it. You can't just be critical. You got to say, I want that too. I see that life on Elder Barbara, Elder Dan. I want that. I want something new in my life. Tell him today, I want something new in my life. Hey, and we're going to sing a song about the wine. 
and I'm going to get Elder Barbara come help me. And if you want a refreshing, you want, we, what we're going to pray is not just to feel good. Because what happens when that runs out? And you at home at midnight. Woo. Jesus told me one time when I cared about what people thought of me. So I didn't want to give messages in tongues or whatever he's asking of me. And I actually disconnected from it because I did it a long time ago. And anyway, I disconnected from it. And he told me one day, he said, what is man that you're mindful of him? He's not here with you at midnight. Man's not with us at midnight. Why do we care what they think? Why are we worried about being embarrassed and all those things? Do you think a natural drunk don't get, they, they don't know they're embarrassed though. I had one that got saved that used to get her foot hung in the commode. I wasn't with her, thank God, but she told that story. <laughs> Diane McDougal, y'all remember? Stuck her foot in the commode, got hung up in the commode. And I'm thinking, how much, what are we worried about? <laughs> what are we worried about? My husband, we was dating three months. He went to a family thing. And he'd come home and he told me, we wasn't saved. He said, oh, we went to a bar, his mama, all of them, his brothers, everyone of them. He said, some girl, we was dancing, and she come sucking on my neck, and I, I want to come home and tell you, and I think I wish you never told me that. I mean, how foolish. Y'all ever been that foolish for God? That you, that you. <laughs> hey. That's when I knew I could marry him because he was honest, amen, because he didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> he said, I was getting away from that woman. I didn't know, was she a vampire or what? I had to go. I had to get away from that. <laughs> Woo. Y'all know Tim. He's pretty funny anyway. He said he had to go get away from that. When he got saved, he didn't even know he got saved. He was crying out to God, and preachers was preaching, evangelists. They was preaching. My husband came from the back all the way to the front. He was the only one there. I had to give my heart back to God like a year before. And he knelt at the altar, and the pastor and the evangelist didn't know what to do with him, I guess. I don't know. They just kept praying in tongues and walking by him. And he went home. And my mom came over there. See, this is a man that didn't know what Noah's Ark was. He didn't know any gospel. None of his family was saved. He went home. He didn't know. And mama said, do you know what just happened to you? No, ma'am. I felt something, but I don't know what happened. And she explained the gospel to him. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ. But he wouldn't come to church. I know I'm going a long time. He wouldn't come to church before that. I went about a year before him. And he said, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Maybe you're here today and you think you can't connect with God because you've done something last night. That's why he, he said, I don't want to be a hypocrite. He said, I don't want to go to church and drink on during the week and go to church on Sunday. But I learned since my first rodeo 
not to condemn him, not to beat him up and say, you're right, you're so right, you can't go up in there like that. I didn't say anything. I did say something. I said, I don't care what the church thinks about you. I love you. I don't care what the church thinks about you. And he looked at me funny. Well, honey, the next Sunday after I went to church, he wanted to go eat at Johnny's in Bastrop, and he, he got him some beer. And I got a Dr. Pepper, and he was just looking at me. I didn't say nothing. It was real hard, too, because I knew he did it on purpose. I didn't say a word. That man was in church the next Sunday. So what was happening? There, there was some oil coming out of me somehow. I don't know how. Probably because I went through the pressing before and seen that other stuff don't work, getting on them and all that. But he was at church the next Sunday, and that's when he gave his life to God, and he's never put alcohol in his mouth since. And he used to be laying in the floor drunk. I'd have, I was scared he was dying. He'd get so drunk. Why would he get so drunk? Because he wanted to connect with something. He was connecting with beer, but he, he didn't know to connect with God. Since then, everybody in his family saved but one brother. One brother. See how the wine just pours out and it goes to our families and he told me one day, which he's done a lot for me, so I'm not saying it like that, but he told me one day, I'm so glad I met you. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? And he said, I wouldn't have found God. He said, I wouldn't have found God if I wouldn't have met you. I said, you would have probably found him because you have a heart for him and he would have come found you and things like that. But let's feed that wine and oil for somebody to see. Let's don't be religious. Let's don't be self-righteous. Let's don't be superior. Let's be humble. Jesus said, I, I won't give up. my. Per I don't even have to have a personality. He, he, don't, he came down here and gave up. He was equal with God. Came down here in the form of man and gave all that up and became a servant. He gave up his reputation. Philippians. Gave up his reputation. So none of that stuff's going to matter in eternity anyway. We might as well just pour it all into the seeking him and get into the vine and let him use our life, let him pour out the oil and the wine. I'm going to ask Brother Paul to come and do communion. We're going to do that first. And then if anybody wants prayer, we're going to pray for you to connect with God in another level. I know that y'all connect with God but another level. And if you don't know him, if you don't know Jesus Christ today, we can get the connect. You want the hookup? <laughs> you want the connection? Come on. So, thank you, Jesus. See, they're coming into the new. This is the first time I think here that he's, he's done communion. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.